we're going to be talking about uh, a topic today that is kind of hard. It's, it's kind of kind of difficult. And actually, before before I do, because it is, um, we're going to just spend a moment in prayer, and I invite you to pray with me. Um, that you pray that that God speaks His words from me, and that the people that are here would hear from Him, and that those on Zoom that you would hear from Him, and that we want to hear from that His Holy Spirit have that discernment and say, I, I want to hear God's voice in my life. Amen. And dear Heavenly Father, God, we just ask that you would just be so present here with us today, Lord. Lord, and we just look to the, the people around us, God, and we pray that you would be doing your work in their life, God. Pray for the person on our right, the person on our left, the person whose face we see on Zoom, God. God, we ask that you would just be speaking to them. Lord, that you'd be breaking down walls, Lord. You'd be breaking down barriers. God, may you do your work. May you do your work, Lord. May we learn about you, Lord. May we learn of, of your love for us a little bit more. May we get it just a little bit more, God. May you grant us the grace, Lord, and that you would be removing those barriers that we have, Father. Lord, we love you, and we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask a, a kind of a a dumb question, okay? And I'm going to say it's a dumb question because the answer is pretty obvious, but who here has ever experienced pain? Who's, who's ever been hurt? Experienced loss? Like, I think we all, we all have that. We all have that. And, the, and in those places, we have this question, and it's very very similar to Mary's question when she says uh, Jesus you could have prevented this from happening if you had been here she said my brother would not have died if you were here if you had been here he would not have died you could have stopped this painful thing from happening you could have prevented this hurt and and when we look at this passage we we can ask okay was this true could jesus have you know been there earlier well he's he's jesus surely he could have been was it an oversight was he just like not thinking and, and he shows up late you imagine you think of the pain that it is to lose somebody her brother. She lost her brother. You think of the hurt that is. He could have prevented that hurt. He could have kept her from getting hurt. Four days. And we and we know at the end of the story in this one, he, he rises again. But let's let's hold on a second and realize that they were hurt. He could have spared them from that. He could have spared them from that hurt. And, and as I look at this passage and, and I look through it and I try to understand this, I find something very fascinating. You see, Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick. He hears that he is sick. And when he does, 
this is what he it says here. Verse, verse 4. It says, when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God. Well, it, it did actually, he did die, but he's saying that was an ultimate death. Okay. So that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, let's hear this. Verse 5 says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. It says he loved them. And what did he do because he loved them? Next verse, verse 6, he says, So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Think about that. Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, and he loved them so much that he stayed two days longer. Does that make any sense to you? Doesn't make much sense to me when I look at that. Because really what it's saying is he loved them so much that he allowed them to go through the pain of losing their brother. He allowed Lazarus to go through the pain of sickness and dying. You think of like the, the worst sickness you've had. And you feel like you're going to die. It's like, dear God, get me out of this. But none of us actually died in that, okay? I can imagine the pain of death. Lazarus actually went through the pain of death. That hurt really bad. He died. He's so sick that his body stopped working. And Jesus let it happen. He actually says here that he intentionally let it happen. And, and the reason for him letting it happen was, it says, apparently, it's because he loved them. Now, if you guys are confused right now, it's okay. You're with most of, most of the world. And this is something, us being honest. This is the, we're in church, okay? And it's okay to be honest, even though we're in church. All right? Sometimes church is the last place we'll be honest. All right? But let's be honest. When I'm hurting, I'm not thinking that the reason I'm hurting is because God loves me. In fact, it's quite the opposite, is it not? I feel like those are the hardest places to believe that God loves me. Those are the, the most difficult places in my life to believe that God actually cares about me. Because God, if you actually cared, why did you let that happen? Why did you let it happen? So let's let's start looking at this a little bit. There's a few things here. Let's go in verse 14, actually one main thing. It says, Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. So that why? So that you may believe. But let us go to him. He says here to his disciples, he says, I am actually really glad that we weren't there. Because if we were there, he, Jesus would have done his thing. He would have healed Lazarus and he wouldn't have died. He says, I'm actually glad that we weren't there so that you're going to see something. You're going to see a transformation. And that is going to be a huge seed for your faith. 
that 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 work that I am going to do in bringing this situation and bringing you out of it and and changing it that right there is going to be my work for your faith you see when we go through a difficult circumstance and some of us are in them now and we wonder how can God allow this if he cares about me how can God let this be going on if he loves me and the answer I see in scripture over and over and over again is that he has something better on the other side. And the thing that he has on the other side is so much better that what, however bad it was, this fails in comparison. Earlier this summer, I went camping with my buddy Zach, my buddy Blake, both of which come to this church. And there's something interesting about camping. Who's ever gone camping? All right. Now, when you're camping, you're usually not comfortable, are you? You're, you're outside and it's beautiful and all that, but are you comfortable? No, there's actually a little bit of pain there, right? You're, you're sleeping, maybe like if you're on an air mattress, it deflates or you're just on the ground sleeping. You're like constantly have smoke coming in your eyes. Here's the thing that is always amazing about camping, though. You know what it is? The food. Yes. Now, is the food actually that much better than when yes. you make the exact same thing at home? It's like the same thing. Why is it so much better when you're camping? Because you have to work for it, and you're kind of in a little bit of a miserable situation. You're getting bit by bugs, but then you get, and you're hungry, you're waiting for trying to get the fire going it's a struggle and coming through that struggle now when you eat it's heaven it's amazing i want to look at a few passages in scripture and talk about about suffering I'm trying to decide which one to do first Let's go to James. James was Jesus' brother. And in the very beginning of his, his letter, this is what he starts it off with. Verse 2, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials and various of various kinds. Count it joy when you meet trials. Wait, what did, did you mean to start off your letter that way, James? Yeah, that's what he said. He said, count it joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Why? He says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. He's saying that, he's saying, count it joy because when you go through these things, it's going to strengthen you and God's going to do a work through it. Another one very similar um, in Romans, Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, verses 3 down to 5. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. There it is again. Pain, and what do we do with it? He says we rejoice in it. Really? Are these guys nuts? 
That's what he said. He says, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There again, we get this weird thing. When Scripture talks about suffering, it brings this other really weird word with it, joy. And here we also have another one with it, love. You're like, what? Love and joy, how are those working with suffering? Another verse, Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There again, it's, it's his looking forward to what's on the other side. Looking forward to being brought through it. And every time that I go through something painful and God breaks me through, then I, it builds my faith. I see a little bit more this contrast of the low point that I was at and the goodness of God. And I look ultimately in Hebrews, in chapter 12, 1 through 3. And I'm going to skip the second half of chapter 1. It says, um, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So let's look at that. Our example is Christ. That's who we're looking to. And what did he do? What did he do with the, the ultimate suffering? It says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. That's who we're looking to as our example. And do you know what his joy was? Do you know what his joy was? It was us. The joy that he has from the cross is that he gets to be with us. You think of what was Jesus thinking? And he's in the garden, he's sweating drops of blood. What was his motivation to keep moving forward. It says here that he was looking forward to something on the other side. That he would be united with his bride. And saying, you are worth it. You are worth the worst suffering imaginable. Taking all the weight of the sin of the world. He said, each one of you are worth it. Because I love you that much. And I think the more we, we know that, the more this starts to make sense. And, and we can start to see that, you know, even in the, my worst situation, like my question I, I keep getting is like, what would it take? What would it take for, for something to derail me? What, what would it take for, for me to just say, God, see you later? 
I've had enough. You know, sometimes we're in a pretty low spot. It could just basically be someone looks at us wrong. Throw our hands up, right? But we want to be strengthened. We want to be strengthened and solidified and grounded. And and knowing, be steadfast and movable. Knowing without a shadow of a doubt how much God loves us. And one of, the, one of the biggest trials of our faith is when we go through difficult circumstances. When we go through hard things, when we lose somebody, when we lose a relationship, whatever thing we might have had our hopes and dreams set in and it just crumbles in front of us. Those are the times when we got to be rooted. And here's the thing. God uses those times in bringing us through those to strengthen us even more. And something I find amazing, right? When we look at this question of, of pain and suffering, how, how can God allow these, these things to happen? You know what I'm comforted by? That Scripture doesn't ignore it. It doesn't ignore it. And actually, the very first book ever written in the Bible, do you know what that book was? The book of Job. The historians say that was the very first written scripture. You know what the book of Job is about? It's like, here's this guy who has a beautiful family, a lot of livestock, donkeys, and camels. He's got everything. He is the man, and he loves God. And, and Satan comes to God, and he says, hey, I see this guy, Job. I see Job. I see how much he likes you, but because you've given him all these good things. If you take him away, he's, he's going to curse you. Right. And so you know what? It says that God allowed Satan basically do whatever he wanted to Job. He allowed Satan to take away all Job's possessions, even kill his family. He did leave his wife alive, and I think he kind of got in her ear because his wife is in talking to Job, telling him to curse God and die. Now, we look at that story, and we look at the troubles that we go through in life. Here's the thing. Satan is not attacking. His, his goal is not your possessions, not even your relationships. Like, he likes to throw all that he can at those. But that's not really what he's getting at. That's not your health. He might, and he, he does all those things. He does, God, and God lets him. Scripture tells God allows him to. Do you know what he's after? He's after your faith. That's what he is after. We, we think that he's, he's after these other things. No, he wants your faith. If he can get you to not believe God, now here's, but here's the thing, here's the thing, what we find in this story, what we find, God's, God's got another trick up his sleeve, doesn't he? He's got another trick up his sleeve. And we see this in the story of Lazarus. Jesus makes it painfully clear. He's like, yeah, I'm going to let that happen. I'm going to, I'm going to let death seem like and death and sickness seem like it wins the day here i'm gonna let that 
because I am going to bring him out of it. He says that I am the resurrection and the life. Let's read that. This is chapter 11, verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die yet, shall he live. I am the resurrection and the life. That is who we hold on to. That is who we serve. And the more that we know his goodness, the more that we are rooted and grounded in his love, and we realize, God, you are good. And we can say without a shadow of doubt, God, you are good. Amen. No matter what comes my way, God, you are good. Amen. Amen. A favorite verse of mine, and I do not have it on the, the screen there. Quincy, you can look it up. Back at chapter 3. I got to look up the verse reference here. So you guys hang with me here. <laughs> Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. Let's listen to what this says. It says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Basically saying, though, like, everything stinks. Okay? That's, that's, that's my interpretation. Though, even though your car is broken down, and you have no money for rent, you're eating dry spaghetti noodles, okay, you, you put in your version, all right? Think of your worst place you've been in. Even though all that, he says what he says, yet I will rejoice. There it is again. There it is again. Joy and suffering, a weird combination. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Why? Because God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. It's like, world, come at me. Throw whatever you want my way. God is my strength. God is my strength. And here's, here's the thing. Not only is there, he our strength, but he is, he is our comfort. He's our solace. He's our peace. Jesus, when he comes and he sees the mourners and he sees the people weeping for Lazarus, what did he do? You guys know it's the shortest verse in the Bible. At least a lot of people say this. I have not actually studied to see if this is really the shortest verse. But what does it say? It says that Jesus wept. Jesus wept. He weeps with us. 
he hurts with us. He mourns with those who mourn, and he grieves with those who grieve. So there's a few things I want us to remember. If you're going through a place of pain and hurt right now, okay, first off, let's, let's know that. Let's know that God is with you. He hurts with your hurts. He feels your pain. He weeps with those who weep. And also, because he loves you, he's like, I want to continue to do something better in your life. The plans he has for us are, are, are for our good. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And you will seek me and you will find me. You seek me with all your heart. God's plans for us are for our good, but he wants us to come to him. He wants, to bring, he wants us to bring our hurts to him. So that he can be our comfort. He is our good shepherd. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have no need to fear evil because he is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. Amen. Amen. I'm going to move us on to, how are we on time there, Scotty? Got some time. So we have some time for uh, just a breakout discussion. And this is, this can be a hard word. Okay. And what I want to encourage for you guys to do, the natural thing is, well, we want to, a few things that we might want to share. Maybe you want to share a time that God brought you out of hurt. When you saw the joy on the other side, I encourage you to share those times. The other thing that I don't want to be very sensitive is if you are hurting right now, if you got some pain right now that you're going through and you feel that you can be vulnerable enough with the people around you, I, I encourage you to share it. And I encourage the people who are with you as a church that we weep with those who weep. That we hurt with those who hurt. And that we can be the hands and feet of Christ in each other's lives.